This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, listeners, if you like what you hear and want to support the pod, we have a handy-dandy Patreon just for you. If you like what you hear, you can support the pod. Each week, we release mini bonus episodes, reviews of clips submitted by subscribers, bloopers, behind-the-scenes content, merchandise discounts, thirst traps. Support our work for as low as $3 a month. We will take more than that, though, if you want. Like, like no arguments there. Just go to patreon.com slash girlsonporn. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and we roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Before we introduce the topic, we have a decadent little segment for you today. 69 Seconds of Sex News. We've pulled headlines from the news to keep you informed and horny. Here we go. Kink and fetish clubs in London are under threat by their local city councils. In March, Club Verboten and Crossbreed were contacted by Tower Hamlets Council that they were seeking to prohibit nudity and semi-nudity in safeguarded venues. It is not an offense to be nude in public in the UK unless it is with the intention of harassment, and many club owners and goers feel they're targeted based on sexual identity and or queer themes. For example, the Boudoir Club, a nearby swingers club, has not been subject to any legal scrutiny. The owners of the clubs in question are putting up a fight to face down the council. Check out the hashtag Save Kink Spaces to learn more. Throw out your Flonase, sex can help with your nasal function. A recent study examined the impact of sexual activity on nasal breathing as compared to a nasal decongestant. The study found that for the first hour after sex ending in climax, your nasal breathing is as clear as if you just used a nasal decongestant. Your breathing goes back to baseline after about three hours. But that is very exciting news for all of our snifflers and deep breathers out there. Ever wonder why you sometimes spontaneously cry after sex? Experts explain that this kind of emotional reaction is called postcoital dysphoria, or PCD. PCD is defined as feeling sad or teary after otherwise great sex. Neuropsychologist Jazdeep Mago said that we often manifest our most easily accessible emotion in moments of vulnerability, like when some people spontaneously laugh after receiving bad news, or how I cry during commercials, or how I cry on planes, or sometimes when I'm just alone riding the subway, or how I cry with Ra- Rachel, baby, you go, you go, Rachel. <laughs> A bad breakup can leave you down in the dumps. An Indiana woman found her boyfriend cheating on her with another woman and looked for a quick way to seek revenge. She noticed his car door was unlocked just as she noticed her own habitual response to anxiety. Bubblegut. Our scorned heroine took a shit in the front seat of her cheating boyfriend's car and wiped herself with a shirt he'd left in there. She immediately blocked him and years later shared the story to TikTok. God's blessings on her and anyone else with an anxious tummy. Uh. 
Wow. I'm so excited to talk about this topic because I feel like when we did this episode forever ago, when we talked about vintage, yeah, we were kind of like weirdly tired and like low energy. And I didn't feel like I relayed. <laughs> Do you remember this? I don't know. I did re-listen to the episode. I was not bothered by our energy. Oh, you weren't? Okay. All right. Cool. I mean, we right. were like a little mellow, but it's always weird to listen to old episodes and be like, who's that? You know? Yeah. Who's that person? <laughs> What were they doing? Um, but I just, I feel like I didn't relay my uh, excitement and love of this uh, time period. I see, you I know? see, I see. Yeah. We did get very clinical with it, too. I was listening back to make sure we didn't, like, repeat too much mm-hmm. research. We talked a lot about the Supreme Court case of Miller versus California, which a quick mm-hmm. recap of what that is for folks that haven't listened to the Vintage episode who are you? Why are you um, failing us? <laughs> but <laughs> that that was a ruling that basically redefined obscenity and said that obscenity like lacks serious political, scientific or artistic value. So that's why we have storylines in our <laughs> feature length pornography during the golden age of porn. It was a legal yes. obligation, but it also sort of like forced a kind of like elevation of the format. Mm-hmm. And really of, yeah. influenced porn to what we know of it today, you know, like as we know it, like it's the reason that we have kind of like zany storylines and these those yes. tropes that we see of like people wearing like stupid mustaches and like being like, you know, a dumb delivery driver or with like a pizza, you know, a box of pizza. Like, yeah, instead of just sticking with like stag films that were just sex films mm-hmm. for men, like we mm-hmm. now have this entire catalog of of right. movies that are yes. that have porn, you know, mm-hmm. that are porn. Yeah, and and really kind of uh, paved the way for, like, when we think of, like, porn and it's, like, being aware of itself and being mm-hmm. kind of, like, um, <laughs> the word dumb comes to mind. but that's... Like campy, maybe? <laughs> yes, thank you, yes. Yeah. Like, being campy and just kind of, like, you know, like, this in porn world, like, you, the suspension of disbelief is, you know, obviously different than in, in reality. Um, so, but I, it, it starts here, you know? Like, it starts mm-hmm. in the golden age of porn. Yeah, this is when we birth those tropes. Uh-huh. I also want to say, this is my, like, key observation or, like, sort of fact that came out of some of the research that Maddie hand us, handed us and, like, my thinking about this era that didn't occur to me when we did the original Vintage episode is that a lot of actors in porn at the time... Yeah. ...were sort of told and believed that porn would go mainstream and that, yes. like... All feature film would just eventually include sex. And that was just an inevitable, that was a foregone conclusion at the time. Yeah. And that sort of like feels like a really hard thing to to wrap your head around like now because there's just been very little to no proof of that concept. You know, like how many porn stars have actually broken through? I'd say it's Marilyn Chambers came up with research and Stormy Daniels, sort of. And Chloe Cherry. Chloe Cherry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sasha Gray. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and by virtue of proximity, you know, more than anything. And I, I so, so I, that's kind of where my research is coming from, is me yeah. digging into that fact and being like, how is that the case? Like, how did people think that? But mm-hmm. like, so when Deep Throat came out in 72. Yeah. It was a massive box office success which i think like we can't emphasize enough it's like we don't have the we don't have a 
current comparison. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Pirates, the biggest budget porn of yeah. all time that's a parody of Pirates of the Car- Caribbean is like is not released theatrically. Like Deep Throat was a massive success and was followed by a year later, The Devil and Miss Jones, which yeah. was the seventh most successful film of the year. Like, Nuts. higher production value, still low budget. Like, a Marvel. No, exactly. You know, like, yeah, think like, about the yeah. top ten movies of last year. Right. Number seven is a Marvel film. Like, at the yeah. time, this was, like... Huge. Porn. Also, right. like, there were mentions, like, part of what blew Deep Throat up. There were mentions on Johnny Carson on The Tonight... Mm-hmm. From Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Bob Hope, also on TV. Yeah. Uh, Devil and Miss Jones, uh, being the seventh most successful film of the year, was well-received by major media, including a favorable review by film critic Roger Ebert. Yes, I know. Like, people like, the, were... People truly just believed that, like... I, I, also, the other thing to contextualize it is, like, we're just coming off the sexual revolution, too. Like, yeah. Why would anyone believe anything other than, like, this is the world now. We have right. established sexual freedom mm-hmm. and... And we just get get to play in the sandbox. Like, nobody was prepared for the conservative backlash that would follow. Reagan. (laughs) Fucking Reagan. Right. Um, Also, you you talked about this in the Vintage episode, but it was a New York Times Magazine article where this author, Ralph Blumenthal, Mm -hmm. coined the era and the term porno chic. Because it was so, like... In the zeitgeist, it was so like destigmatized. Like porn yes. was cool, you know, which is porn literally was just even. what we're trying to do. Yeah, like this is literally the point of <laughs> the our year podcast. is 1972, and <laughs> yeah. Laura and Rachel are out here being like, "This shit is chic." <laughs> yeah, like respect it like an art form. You know, talk about it. it, it yes. why? Why not? Yes. The last thing I'll say mm-hmm. to this end that I don't think we touched on in the previous episode that blows my mind, but like. Deep Throat, the person, like Mark oh. Phelps, that's his name, right? Yeah, the the, uh, the like FBI associate director uh, was named after the porn. Yes, like the porn came first. So, yes. like one of the biggest political <laughs> scandals in our entire American history was named after a fucking this, porn title. Yeah, watch really Gaslight wild. on Stars this spring. <laughs> um, anyway, that's the last. That's sort of like the last piece of that argument for me. I'm just right. It's just really. I think we do have to genuinely think about right what that time felt like and how mm-hmm. different it was because the, the backlash was so successful that like it's hard right. to imagine. Yeah, we also. I mean, yes, like the Reagan era and like conservatism, but also the AIDS epidemic too. You know, yeah, kind of so put like a damper we should on talk things. about yeah what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many things that wiped out. The golden, the golden age, of age porn, of porn itself. Yeah. It's the AIDS epidemic, Reagan, massive the conservative backlash, cons- yeah. like conservative religious yeah. ideals actually successfully being infused into conservative politics. Yeah. Like that wasn't quite such a um, effective union prior to that, but that's what happened in the 80s. That is yeah. uh, why we have the political landscape we do today. Mm-hmm. The invention of the VHS. And home movies, home movies so that like porn could just become this like self-produced and also much more gratuitous endeavor, uh, sidestepping that Miller versus California ruling Mm -hmm. and the need for feature length artistic value. Right. And pushing it back to being something private, you know, that you can that you enjoy at home. Mm hmm. Rather Mm -hmm. than rather than having having to go like to go out to the theater. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. Which I get, because yeah. you do want to masturbate when you're watching porn, and I'd rather yeah. not be in a theater watching porn. Right. Necessarily, but... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I mean, no I would, it. but I'd also <laughs> yeah. sometimes want to watch it at home so that I could masturbate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just... It really was the start of the kind of intersection of, like, art and porn. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and there are, like, deeper examples of that or like films from the early mm-hmm. 20th century what have you that right have some of that but this is yeah. this is a whole this is a whole era sort of de- yeah. dedicated to that endeavor right and uh you know we saw a lot of there was natural looking bodies there was body hair it was it felt real mm-hmm. there, there's something exciting about watching movies from this time period because it, it doesn't have that performative quality that, like, we we know now of, like, mainstream porn. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels, like, genuine and it looks like real pleasure. And, yeah, I it feels uh, there's, like, a realness to it that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially after a deeper dive uh-huh. uh, for this episode. Really love that your nephew is on your mug right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I... I love it. I watching these films yeah. feels like watching fun, yeah, cult there's, horror or something. Yes. It's obviously a different, and there is overlap there, but like different yeah. genre. But there's also like a sincerity to the performances. Yeah, you I know? mean, especially we should save it for when we get into these specific videos because I think yeah. we did pick things that kind of like are exemplary of actors being like, "Oh, this is acting." Yeah, I'm taking and I will be doing sex scenes. You know, yeah. but like people like really really trying with their performances like no mm-hmm. uh no lack of commitment you know yeah it's it's cool to see because even mm-hmm. in some of our favorite porns that have come out in recent years yeah we're like oh this is self-aware it's campy it's fun right. very rarely are you like these are professional actors mm-hmm. like doing like really doing like artistic acting work. yeah you know if anything yeah. it's just kind of fun silly scenes and there's less um mm-hmm. uh plot depth i guess yeah but we'll talk about it later but jamie gillis who's was in a ton of everything these movies, <laughs> yeah who like weirdly always played an asshole like he studied theater and like performed off broadway mm-hmm. you know like he was in new york doing off-broadway plays and like doing like sex acts like in like one-man shows and like also reciting shakespeare you know yeah and uh, we're like, we're gonna get to, into this in the showdown but one of the titles i pulled is based on an off-broadway play yeah <laughs> and i was like what yeah like there's a tra- trajectory you don't think about these days Right. Which off-Broadway plays if I produce that could be porno? I know. <laughs> like, yes, f- like film and sex, but also like theater and sex, you know? Yeah. When's yeah. that coming back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, uh, you know, during this time period, it really, it, it, it birthed the idea of a porn star, you know? Yes. These people, like, you know, John Holmes became the first, like, recurring, like, porn character in a film series. Um, mm-hmm. And Lisa Delu, who was the first person to sign like an exclusive contract mm-hmm. um, with Vivid, uh, and Marilyn Chambers, who I mentioned before, was the, like actually worked in mainstream movies, being yeah. one of the first and rare uh, crossover porn actors. Also, John Holmes is the character that Dirk Diggler is based on, right? Yes, yes, yeah. in Boogie Nights. Yeah. Or John Holmes is the person that the character Dirk, yeah, that yes, uh, yeah, that P.T. Um, Anderson based that on, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. really it kind of gave these people like um, you know, star power. Yeah. 
there was uh, real success, um, mm-hmm. at least for a few years, to be leveraged. Yeah. And also because I've been watching Minx and... Um, uh, loving it. I know. But it's I want to say, like, I want to give a shout out to Camille Paglia, mm. who was the first sex positive feminist. Um, yes. Or who sort of like helped coin the terminology for sex positivity. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot of feminists who were very anti-porn, like Gloria Steinem, you know, mm-hmm. like these women were like, this is all like violence against women. But there yeah. were also women that were like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Like sexual liberation is is uh, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like one of the first, per- you know, um, women out there to like start like a pro pornography um movement uh, and accepted porn as part of the sexual revolution. Yeah, she popped up and and I think the Wikipedia research that I was sort of combing through uh, talking about Paglia as part of the sexual revolution with its libertarian sexual themes such as exploring bisexuality and swinging free from government interference. That bumped me as a bisexual. I'm like, do not put bisexuality and libertarianism in yeah, origins in the like in the same yeah. sentence. Yeah. Because I, th- I mean, I think it's sort of just a funny observation that I would modify because I don't quite understand. I mean, I guess swinging like sure goes outside the confines of like structural traditional marriage. Yeah. Um, But I would actually attribute like intersectionality to Mm -hmm. the evolution of the perspective on sex positivity and sex work because it was white feminism that was like marginalizing sex workers is like there's no way like you are being yeah. objectified and if you look at the larger picture and hey guess what we're going to talk about capitalism right right uh <laughs> capitalism you know like you have to factor in that full picture and to just be like oh let's get a sec- gets rid of sex work it's getting rid of an entire industry right. an entire labor force um right. that's not the answer <laughs> yeah like if you think there's a difference between like if you think coal mining is uh, somehow, like morally superior to sex work, mm-hmm. like that's you've you got to do some internal work and sh- yes, exactly. You have some yeah. like, internalized bias, shame, yeah, uh, and sexual morals. You need to unpack. Yeah, exactly. Probably Christian, probably religiously oriented. Anyway, uh-huh. I'm not even aware. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, it's all just to say the golden age of porn. If you guys haven't sat down and watched a, a golden age of porn movie, I highly recommend it because this is like all I ever wanted from movies in my like young horny brain (laughs) you know I wanted a serious movie that also had real porn like real sex yeah you know yeah um production value I wanted storyline yeah and then you just wanted people to fuck and not get away from camera yeah yes yeah so with that (laughs) let's let's talk about a couple of uh yeah, should we Golden do Age of Porn? Mm-hmm. The Showdown, although it's obviously a different interpretation of how it'll yes. look this week. Yeah, so we have some titles that we picked from the Golden Age of Porn, and yeah. we have some log lines because yeah, so usually of these just, log like, lines searching are... Golden Age of Porn and pulling aggregate crap. We actually pulled notable films from yes. the era and yeah. their <laughs> their plots. Yeah. You go first. Okay, so first up, I have The Seduction of Lynn Carter. I also just got to say, I love that all these titles are always like The Opening of Misty Beethoven, you know, The Devil <laughs> the seduction in Mist- of yeah. Being Inside, Pamela, yes. for the yeah. afternoon. <laughs> yes! It's always like something of this woman. Um, yes. So this is Seduction of Lynn Carter. This is from 1974. Uh, Logline, a housewife finds herself strangely attracted to, to an abusive sex researcher. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert, Jamie Gillis playing the abusive sex researcher. <laughs> Got it. Hey, Jamie. Yeah. We all have a type. Okay. <laughs> First from me, and a bunch of these are super gay, which is fun. Uh, uh-huh. El Paso Wrecking Corp. <laughs> this is the story of Hank and Gene. Hank and Gene are fired from their trucker jobs after an alcohol-fueled brawl. The two search for opportunities in the blue-collar workforce, but are often distracted by other men along the way. Oh. This is from Tim Kincaid, who directed it, also known as Joe Gage, who also directed Kansas City Trucking and L.A. <laughs> Tool and Die. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so he's all with similar kink. premises. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of on the same theme, Garage Girls <laughs> from 1980, uh, a mind-bending, pulse-racing sex romp from the grease pits of the garage to the mean streets. These girls can fix not just your car, but that overwhelming lust that overcomes every man in their presence. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Memories Within Miss Aggie. <laughs> Harkening back to the title. See? Structure from pre- uh, previously. Memories Within Miss Aggie. The uh-huh. narrative structure of the film involves a woman, the eponymous Miss Aggie, <laughs> recounting her previous sexual encounters to her lover. The younger uh-huh. incarnations of Miss Aggie are played by other actresses. The veracity of Miss Aggie's memory is in doubt. <laughs> this is the Wikipedia entry on the golden age of porn, which... Uses okay. some highfalutin language, if I do say I know. so myself. The veracity yeah. <laughs> is in okay. doubt. Yeah. Okay, last one for me. Uh, Tara, Tara, Tara uh, uh, from 1980. This is um, a movie about an uptight fashion model, Tara, who has trouble dealing with the amorous advances of sleazy photographer Hal. The situation is compounded in severity after Tara discovers that her father, Fred, has become involved with the much younger Angie. Nice. Okay, I have two more. Oh, I, I have another one, too. Sorry. I forgot okay, great. Okay. Um, Centurions of Rome. <laughs> Demetrius and Octavius are Roman countrymen sold into slavery for not paying their taxes during Emperor, <gasps> Emperor Caligula's reign. Oh. Demetrius is purchased by the emperor and taught to be a good slave by Argus, while Octavius is claimed by a sadistic commander. The commander wants the bound Demetrius, but is refused. Octavius sneaks in while the guards are asleep and frees Demetrius. <gasps> that was actually just an entire plot summary, so sorry for the spoilers, folks. Oh, Demetrius wow. Okay, this escapes. sounds hot. Yeah. You know? I also, mm-hmm. I've never seen the movie Caligula, but I've also heard that it's basically porn. I also haven't seen it. Yeah. I have also heard as much. I guess yeah. we'll have to check that out. Put it on the, the list. Movie night. Okay, <laughs> last one for me. Roommates. This is from 1981. Billy is a former prostitute who's trying to succeed as a casting director, but is continuing to be used by men. She takes on two roommates, Sherry, a model with a drug problem, and Joan, who is having an affair with her married drama coach. (laughs) Her married drama coach. I know. This sounds like Bushwick in 2013. (laughs) Yeah. This this next one I have is kind of on theme or could live in the same world, I think. Maybe there could be like an Easter egg crossover moment. Score. Ooh. One of the first films to explore bisexual relationships. The film Ooh. was based on an off-Broadway stage play that ran for 23 performances at the Martinique Theater from October 28th through November 15th, 1971, and featured Sylvester Stallone in a brief role as telephone repairman Mike. Wow. Hey, hey. You'll have to see it. 
You love to see it. I love to see it. Should we take All a break? Right. Let's take a break. Okay. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Sex world. Da, 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 da. A bus tour takes its passengers <laughs> to a place called Sex World, where they can live out their most secret de desires during a weekend. <laughs> Guys, that this movie. Woo, wow. Okay. So it's from 1977, and it has a theme song, and that's the theme song, and it's really good. I actually... Hear me out. I want to okay. remake this movie. <laughs> okay, Rachel. It deserves a remake. And it's because it's something that I think I like see it, like how it could be done. Like, okay, so Sex World is, it's like, you know, a little fantasy island kind of uh -huh. where people go and they get interviewed. They have like a questionnaire that they fill out and you get on the way there. You get kind of to know like who's on the bus. You know, you <laughs> see like, oh, some people are Summer like, camp. yeah, you're like, oh, this couple has a prop. You know, they're, they're having some marital issues and like this guy's a piece of shit. Like he's got some background that he's got to work through. There's one woman who's very mysterious, who's like ice cold. We don't know what her deal is. You know, there's like a, another mm -hmm. young couple like there's just like you know you're getting kind of to Our know cast everyone. of characters yes your new and friends then, mm -hmm. cool and then you kind table. of follow them in there when they get to their little suites and then they get pulled into rooms where they get have like an interview with each with like a a, a therapist you know 
mm-hmm. where they talk through their fantasy. And yeah. then it like goes to like control room. <laughs> and then control room's like, yes, we're going to need a uh, a Latin type for patient a number 37. Latin type? Yes, yes. yes. Very, and then, what do they say about that particular scene where they're like, yeah, it's they're like, uh, we don't have much to go on here. So we yes, have to be, be very, very careful. careful. Yes. It has a like inside out human yes. resources big uh-huh. mouth quality to it yes. of like who are these people behind the curtain like uh-huh. pulling the strings and arranging sex yeah. fantasies or like acts based yes. on fantasies for our cast of characters yeah and it's really I mean the some of these kinks and fantasies are like incredible like there's one that's like this married couple and it's like Kay Parker and she's like I want to get like like I want to get like I want to have like a consensual non-consent like I want a rape fantasy Mm-hmm. And and she's like, and he's got to have big balls. <laughs> Why did we because, do that like, scene? <laughs> well, and then her husband, her husband, like, hasn't been able to, like, get, get an erection for a really long time. Mm. And he's like, I want to watch her fantasy, like, through a window and, like, not, she can't know that I'm there. And then, oh, interesting. And then we find out they're like, I think he's got like a mommy issue. And so then they get someone who like kind of resembles his mother and he like has like loving sex with her. Wow. And it's like really wild. There's another there's another couple who's like, I mean, there's definitely some full disclosure like, for our listeners, by the way, too. Rachel watched the entire feature <laughs> film. I did not have time. We have one scene that we will be talking about that I did watch. But Rachel is giving us the entire play by play for this yes. and the other film that we'll discuss because, you <laughs> know, I have a heavy week. I can only watch so much porn in a day. <laughs> there's definitely some issues with like there's definitely some like racist stuff that's happening in this oh. movie that like needs to get reworked. But, um, you know, one guy, like, falls in love with, like, the the person that he, like, his, like, fantasy person. And then at the end of the movie, like, he's, like, trying. He's, like, can I just get her information, you know? Like, yeah. wh- like what, like, where does she, does she work here, you know? And then and then we realize that, like, it was actually, like, a woman who was also there. Like, she's also on the bus. Oh. Um, like, there's some good, like, twists in it, you know? Like. Yeah. So, uh, the. And then there's, you know, like someone else is like, I want to have a threesome. And then this this girl's like, I want to have sex with a woman. Like, they just like get to like explore these things. But the scene that we're going to talk about is the woman who was on the bus who was ice cold and like very like yes. tied up, you know, like she's buttoned very up. like, yeah, yeah, very buttoned up. Yes. Um. So she goes into her little uh meeting with the therapist and they're like, mm-hmm. You know, like having sex with a man isn't that unusual of a request. And she's like lighting a cigarette. And she's like, for me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, OK, bitch. Um, and the control room like sets up her little fantasy. And, you know, like we said, they're like, we don't have much to go on here. So we all have to be, be very, very careful. careful. Uh-huh. Um, and then an ice, ice queen goes back to her room. Yes. And... Sets out a framed picture, which having not watched the rest of the film, I presume yeah. was her mother. I was like, ah, yeah. Joni Mitchell, her mother on her bedside. Yeah. But then this woman appears and we go into like a fantasy that this is her former her lover. Ex. Yeah. We get like VO dialogue of uh-huh. the, her leaving lover her? being yeah. like, I'm leaving you. I just don't want to be with you anymore. Like, what happened? She's like, I don't owe you anything. Like, I'm pretty brutal. It was brutal. She was like, after five years, you're not going to tell me why you're leaving me? And she was like, I just don't want to be with you anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) devastating. No wonder she's icy cold. Yeah. So then the man shows up. His name is Tomas. 
<laughs> to boss and she's Tom. like, yeah, she's like, okay, you certainly look the part, you know. She tells him not to close the door because she doesn't like to hear the sound of doors closing. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, too much, guys. Too much. Yeah. Emotional subtext, y'all. <laughs> yeah. She says, uh, they certainly dressed you for the part. Yeah. She's like, um, undress, like, we need to go slow. Like, just I don't want you to go slowly. too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of goes to kiss her and she's like, not yet. Uh-huh. I'll uh-huh. kiss you. Yeah. Which is and hot. She's like, she starts yeah. just kind of like kissing him on the mouth and on the face. Yeah. And then stands up and like takes yeah. off her fucking sick ass robe, frankly. I know. Great I know. wardrobe. I, wrote down. I know. I wrote down. I was like, <laughs> I love her outfit. Yeah. She was like, and then she says like, treat me as, as though I'm someone you love very much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. I just like yeah. loved the, the scene. And then they have like very like loving sex. Yeah. You know, there's lots of crossfading. I was going to say um, important to talk about the production value because it's yeah. like the sex scene itself is pretty nonlinear. Like we yeah. get overlapping images. It's almost mm-hmm. like a collage as much as it's like a montage yeah. of cunnilingus and sex and like yeah. her face in ecstasy. Uh-huh. Um, it's just really it's artful. Dare it I is say. artful. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is like a stark contrast to the rest of the movie, which is like, you know, some people are like, I want to get like fucked hard you know mm-hmm. like which we get yeah. like one woman literally gets like the sh- shit beaten out of her and she's like hit me harder you know like it's so like this just really it's it 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 stuck out to me and i really enjoyed it um, yeah and i just thought it was like beautiful and i i liked that the sex wasn't like doing any sort of like crazy theatrics or like acrobatics yeah you know like it mm-hmm. was basically just yeah, missionary it wasn't about being like athletically impressive it was just about yeah. being like sensual sex yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I thought it was really hot. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you I sold wanna... me on the rest of it, too. I gotta I watch this whole thing. I God know. Damn. It's a really cool ending, too. Like, I want to remake it. I literally think, like, if we took the idea of it and, and like, changed it and, like, made it, like, kind of futuristic, like, ex machina, yeah. you know? Oh, like, okay. And then, like, I think that... Like, it's a Black Mirror episode, here. but it's a feature. Yes. And it's yes. people living out their sexual fantasies. Yes. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. That, you know... I had an idea for a short that was kind of basically the plot line of this. And I was like, yeah, this is something that my horny little 14 year old brain would like write. Yeah. Like you get to like go somewhere and like fill out a questionnaire and be like, this is what I want to do in a room with um, this many people. And this is what they look like. And can you make it happen? Thank you. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So I I did make a note to myself that I was like, I want a control room. Like I uh-huh. want a little team of people being like, okay, we gotta yeah. make this woman's sexual fantasies come true. Exactly. I know. I loved it. We all need that, you know? Anyways, sex world. Um, shout out to Anthony Spinelli, um, because he directed this and it's mm. and he wrote it. Nice. So uh all yeah. Right. Shall Can't we move on to enough? Angel yes. on Fire. Yes. Okay, so this is interesting because there's kind of two titles. Oh. Um, also, what's funny is, like, if you look up any of these movies from the Golden Age of Porn, like, they show up on Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> oh, Like, there's okay. a page for them. Like, TCM, like, has a page for them, you know, because they, like, treat them with respect. Smart. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. Um, so this is also called Angel Number 9. Okay. Or Angel on Fire. Um, it's from 1974. And it's written and directed by a woman. Love it. Um, Darby, and Jamie or, Gillis, who yes, we talked about yes. a bunch. Uh, it's written and directed by Roberta Finley. And uh, this, the synopsis of this movie is, 
this this guy Stephen is a piece of shit. And yes. he's I have like, actually a great blurb from uh, the list that I pulled this from. Okay, yeah. Seventeen Golden Age porn flicks you should enjoy with your partner by yourself from Claire Lower of Lifehacker. As a, yeah, as, and this is a 2021 article, and I I did really like this person's like observations about each of the films they pulled. Yeah, this Give one it to me. she says throughout his career, Jamie Gillis p- played a lot of cruel men and a lot of photographers, but this movie <laughs> gives him the opportunity to play a cruel photographer. <laughs> In Angel on Fire, Jamie's cruelty severs a, uh, serves a greater purpose as it is directed at another cruel man who has been reincarnated as a woman. Yeah. Movie begins with Stephen Ellis telling his newly pregnant girlfriend, who he just failed to bring to climax, to get the fuck out of here and never come back. Then Stephen gets hit by a VW bus. <laughs> yes. Angels Above decides Stephen needs to learn a lesson about respect, so he's sent back to Earth as Stephanie so he can see how it feels to be treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is helpful in the scene that we watched, because I didn't yes. have that context when I watched it, and I was like, what? Yes. Did Rachel send me to. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets sent back down as Stephanie and he's like, I, you know, there's some great videos. Stephanie, who's played by Darby Lloyd Rains, and we get some voiceover from her too, where she's like, you know, being like, wow, we get a great scene of her alone in the shower where she's like really enjoying like being a woman. Like she's like, I like my desires are overwhelming. Like there's some great writing here. Like they're talking yeah. about like coming to a climax and everything and and how it's like um uh like I want to I want to remain a woman forever you know like just mm-hmm. this isn't this feels like this orgasm feels like nothing like compared to a man's or or smart observation the other way you know like it yeah. feels um incredible so then the the angels put Stephanie slash Stephen to the the ultimate test, which is they make Stephanie fall in love with someone who is a piece of shit who basically treats women the way that Stephen did when he was on earth to see how it feels, mm-hmm. to see the torment that he has caused. Yeah. And the the piece of shit is played by Jamie Gillis. And they get, like, a great scene where, you know, like, they have, like, loving sex where he, like, you know, woos her and they, like, have dinner or whatever. And, and they have, like, passionate sex. And then Stephanie's like, I think I'm in love with this guy. And she shows up to his photography studio Um and is like, I just like was thinking about you. And he's like, I don't fucking care about you. <laughs> like, I want yeah. you out of my life, you know? And she's like, I'm in love with you. What do you mean? And she's like, I just want to be near you. Like, I don't care what you think about me. Like, I just like want to like be or I need to like suck you off. Like, I want to kiss you. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to suck my cock? Okay, get down on your knees. And like, we get this like really kind of intense, like rough, blowjob that I was like I'm this is kind of hot <laughs> yeah it was a weird it's, it's I feel like I want to contextualize that this feels like a different kind of rough blowjob than we're used to seeing in current porn yes because like a rough blowjob in 2022 is oh, just it's like, choking sounds and yes. someone like and yeah. like maybe a woman like T- like tears streaming down her face, gagging right. kind of thing. It's not that. It's not it's that. not that. Like most yes. of his dick is outside of her mouth for most of this blowjob. Yeah. It's right. almost like stage combat style rough blowjob. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like she yeah. is sort of performing the torment of it, like more yeah. than is physically demonstrated to me. Like mm-hmm. she's like, oh, oh, like, like she's, she's sort pathetic. of whimpering yeah. and like struggling. But it's really just him like, 
rolling the tip of his dick around her mouth. You know right. what I mean? Or just like, yeah. like kind yeah. of like rubbing it over her lips and like. Yeah. He's like holding her hair yeah. in a way though that was like very yes. like dominating. Mm-hmm. And she, I just with the context of everything, like it, it turned me on. Because I was like, yeah. I know that like. I know that like th- this guy is is stuck in this woman's body and uh-huh. he's now getting treated like shit. But like, yeah, still the plot is, like, context pathetic. is helpful because yes. I was like, what like what is the scene? And it goes yeah. on for so long. Mm-hmm. The other detail though that is helpful is that she's touching herself too. We just yes. cut to her interesting using interestingly using her ring finger. Yeah, I thought that was also... to work her clit, and I was like, yeah. my ring finger isn't strong enough to do it. But right. good yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah, she's touching herself while she's going down on him and like really going wild for it like she's mm-hmm. like lapping it up and like really like moaning for him and is like begging and yeah there was just kind of something hot about the power dynamic that yeah. I liked hmm. and he like you know like kind of like s- s- playfully like slaps her face a little bit and mm-hmm. really is like you know say please and um, and then like yell like is like after he comes he's like beat it you know, like really, like gets her out of there. Where you I was don't like, come oh in here God. anymore, not unless I send for you. Understand? Yes. Yeah. And she's was... like, we, I could have, I have my hot friend. We could have a party, and then we right. to that party. And she's like, God, I'm a fucking simp. But like, yeah, she was like, I'm so <laughs> using different pathetic. terminology. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm really obsessed mm-hmm. with this guy. Yeah. And yeah. Then... Fascinating concept. Yeah. And then we get this great scene where she's like at the end of the movie where she like comes to him and she's like, I love you. I'm pregnant. Like, I want to be with you. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I hate you, you know. And she then like shouts to the heavens like the pain of being a woman is too severe. Like, <laughs> I, I've learned my lesson, you know. And then, um, yeah, uh, Stephen goes back to heaven and is like, wow, I I really I see the error of my ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah. So every man needs to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch them full because I will yeah. say that this particular scene is not making it into my spank bank. Yeah. But I'm compelled by the yeah. aesthetic and the yeah. production value of it. Uh huh. The Sex scene of her. In there. Yeah. Oh. The scene of her alone in the bathtub, like mm-hmm. like masturbating for the first time as a woman, is actually like really cool and hot. Mm, like okay. she's like grinding up against like the because she's also using like the jet stream of the of oh, the shower yeah. this is my you thing know? yeah like where she's like kind of like grinding in the air like pushing like pushing her pelvis like up into the like water yeah it's it's good it's a very okay. it's a hot okay movie. i'm gonna watch it in full yeah also gonna watch sex world in full because that one is in my spank bank just based yeah. on the scene we watched it's fucking I know. hot yeah and i love the like pensive i'm trying to like describe the aesthetic of these four Listeners, it's yeah. like they look like Ingmar Bergman films. Yeah, like they like look like <laughs> yeah. like these films almost look like Cries and Whispers, which is like not a sexy reference because that's right. a kind of brutal film. But like yeah. that aesthetic with just like sex uh-huh. and uh, it's it's hot. It's yeah. a cool era, you know. Yeah, really. I'm uh, here for it recommend them both of them are really hot and i i watched them both in full and i recommend you all to do the same <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well hey thanks so much for listening to girls on porn you can find us on our instagram and tiktok at girls on Pern, uh on our website at girls on porn.com on patreon patreon.com slash girls on porn and on twitter at gop the podcast 
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want to drop us a cheeky little five-star review, feel free to include your Instagram handle so we can tag it and thank you. This has been Girls on Porn, the only GOP that's actually good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.